You are listening to the podcast Coronavirus Chronicles on the Storyfy, episode 1, England on Lockdown. My name is Rena and I'm the Storyfy's creator. I've been interviewing people from different countries hit by the virus outbreak. Ordinary people who fear yet find a reason to laugh even in the middle of this madness. People who like no any officials or statistics can tell what really happens in their country. And today I'm talking to Michele de Cosmo, a software engineer from London. Okay, Sid. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. And you? How are you there in London? <laughs> How the things are in London right now in England? Well, it's a bit weird because we finally went into lockdown a few days ago, but it was a long time coming. And, and in reality, we're not really in full lockdown because there's a lot of things that are still permitted. And you can still see people walking down the street. Not so many, but you can still see people. And, uh, you know, it's developing every day. But it's been, a, it's been a weird journey, I can say. Or tell me, please, the last time when you've been outside. I was just a week and a half ago. I went for some shopping. So we've been in lockdown for the last, I don't know, five days. And then the week before, I was self-isolating anyway, because I thought that that was what was right to do, even if the government was not asking to do that. Um, so it's been about a week and a half. Yeah. So look, the, you're in the middle of Europe, right? And you know all these terrible things that are going on in Italy and now in Germany and now in France and Spain. And all of them are on lockdown. All these countries are on lockdown uh, for like a couple of weeks so far. Mm. But England, England has gone on lockdown like a couple of days ago. But mm. before you had a little bit different strategy, right? Well, you can say that. Or you can also say we didn't have really a strategy. I mean, the strategy was to let the disease spread as much as it can and then it will create uh, herd immunity so because people will recover they maybe will not be able to be contagious again that was the strategy and and of course that strategy means that a lot of people must die in order for that to work which is a scary tactic that i didn't agree to you know the real motives of the of the government. I I don't know what they are. Uh, some people can argue that uh, they were factoring in the fact that the NHS would not be able to cope anyway. Uh, but I mean, I think it's also a political um, position that one has to to take. Do you want to favor uh, economics? Do you want to favor people? What what is your value? What is your political value? And uh, I mean. Um, I find myself impossible to, it's, it's impossible for me to agree with the, with the strategy that the government had. I'm happy that it's finally slowly changing. The government had a lot of pressure from everywhere, from even inside the, even in, inside the right party and the conservative party. And um, yeah, thanks to that, we are now in a, in a half of a lockdown. It's not the same as in Italy, you know? Uh, people say so, but it's not. In Italy, you cannot leave your house unless you have a written reason for that. You write your reason, but if they find it's not true, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a felony, so it's, it's really quite serious. 
here instead you are basically free to do whatever you want only if you gather with people i think uh the police would do something and i think they still don't even have the power to do so i think it's uh, it's something that will come up will, will come in in the next few days or so far uh what I know that you are not allowed to leave the house unless you want to go to the supermarket as well mm. or the pharmacy or, which is very interesting, you are also allowed to go out for one hour to do sparts, which yeah. was announced. What is that? Well, uh, actually, this is also something that... Um, I don't know exactly what's happening in other countries. I I heard different things for Italy. But yeah, you are allowed to go, I think, once per day um, to go out, but you have to be at a distance um, from others, two meters uh, of distance. You cannot go in places where there are a lot of other people. Uh, but yeah, you are allowed to go out if you are not symptomatic, if you are not living with someone. So if someone that is in your household or that you're caring for is not symptomatic. So in those cases, you can go out, you can go to the shop, you can go out to do exercise basically to, I think it makes sense, you know, um, if it is safe, why not? Because it allows for a little bit of relief. Like um, I've been in, uh, in, in my house for a week and a half. My parents in Italy, they've been in, in their house for, they go out once per week and it's three weeks now of that. So, I mean, um, I really respect the fact that they are coping with that well, because I certainly am struggling a little bit sometimes. Um, yeah, so there's that. But of course, if you live with someone who is symptomatic or, or who has been symptomatic in the last seven days, uh, then you're not allowed. And that's what, what's happening here because we had a case in, uh, in the place where I'm living um, only a few days ago. So everyone who has been in contact by definition of the government who is in the same household, um, they have to self-isolate for seven days. The rationale is that you diminish the, uh, statistically the possibility of, uh, of spreading the disease because there is a chance that I have it, you know, but, uh, but that I am not symptomatic. So, so that, but look, if we are talking about seven days self-isolation mm. and uh, it's known that you can carry this virus inside without any symptoms for like two weeks. Yeah. So why, why in England is seven days? Yeah, well, again, I... I think we go back to what I was saying before. It's hard to know what the government, what the strategy of the government really is, why they're making these choices. If you read the NHS document, the government document, uh, it's on the government website. Um, if you go to gov.uk, no, gov.uk slash coronavirus, um, you will find the, the explanation. And the explanation is really statistical. What they say is that in the first seven days, the likelihood that you're spreading a lot, it's, it's in the first seven days that it's the highest likelihood that you're gonna spread it. In the last seven days of the 14 days, you are less contagious. So even if you are contagious, you are less contagious. And they say that the risk benefits of you staying home versus going around tips. So suddenly you, it's better for you to, it's considered better to leave. Because you know, the, the, the strategy of this government is to, is to slow this down 
but not too much. While instead in other countries, they say we have to slow it down as much as we can because, because this is going to spread fast anyway. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I think that's the, the strategy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or tell me, how is the atmosphere like in London? So you mentioned that there are less people in the streets, but still there are. What about bars or yeah. restaurants? So Englishmen are not allowed to go out and <laughs> have beer, right? So how yeah. do you deal with that? How do they cope with that? Um, well, it's been interesting because in other countries i mean i i haven't lived in other countries recently so i'm not sure but my understanding is that the governments have been way more proactive than here and here what happened is that companies started being way more proactive than the government so if you went for a walk two weeks ago you would have not found many people in the city in the business areas they were quite empty if you walked there and you, and you wanted to go for a bar or something like that, they were also closed because, you know, if there is no one going there for work, the, the bars and the cafes, they don't have any business, so they, they just close. However, if you walked uh, around my area, which is not, um, it's not business, it's more residential, and it's not particularly rich, everything was still open uh, up until the the real uh the real half lockdown of a few days ago so it's been a bit um yeah it's been a bit um changing over time yeah and uh it's been interesting also for events and things like that because they started cancelling um before the government announced the lockdown let's remember that the government did say that we should avoid any uh, unnecessary contact with others, but, but far from uh, starting to enforce it. So yeah, the, the private sector started acting on this and, and only recently it's been enforced by the government. So you actually can see real changes because if it's true that the private started acting for activities such as business activities and maybe big events, only recently uh, pubs um, started doing something. Pubs basically didn't act on any of these things uh, until a few days ago. And even when, even, I think even the first day of lockdown, uh, pubs were still, some pubs were still open and I heard of people gathering in pubs. I, I personally don't really understand uh, why people would do something like that. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's part of human psychology. And, and I think it's also a part of, having a better understanding, having a real understanding of what, what the risks are and, and how these things is going to work out. Because if we don't have a lot of news from other countries and this country is not really um, giving a lot of information about this, it's not really leading on this, then it's kind of normal to expect people not to really grasp uh, how complicated this is. Well, it reminds me a little bit the reaction of Italians, you know, when the first, uh, the first time their government uh simply ask them to go uh to not go out the streets and of course no one listened to you no one took it seriously so is it do do you think it's kind of the same going on in in england how how do people react to that actually well yeah i think it's similar um you know england is one week um 
late uh, in compared to Italy, which was late, as you as you rightly point pointed. So um, we started having a half lockdown, half uh, a week after Italy started doing something similar. So in terms of relative timeline, I mean. So why is that? I think that's partially because of a different kind of culture. Um, Italy is more reactive, while instead England, they, um, I guess that they like more to rationalize things and, and do things with a, with a cold blood, which has its pros and its cons. The problem, I think, is that this rational approach that we are having here is not so rational. I think that <laughs> it's not the right, <laughs> I don't think it's the right approach at all. Because in the end, I mean, I guess it depends what, what, your, what your objective is. But in my mind, I cannot see how the objective should not be having less casualties, having less people dead. And, uh, and if that's what we want to optimize, I don't think that that's the, the approach we should, we should have. I, sh I think we should all have accept that we are going to have sacrifices. But by doing this, we're going to have less dead people. So overall, less suffering, a little bit more suffering from indi poor individuals, though. Hmm. But that's what about the, yeah what about the masks do people wear masks in the streets well as i said i haven't been out for a week and a half no mostly not i've seen some people with masks with masks which was uh, i don't know i got a little bit angry with personally i didn't express that because you know like masks uh, can be useful but mostly for people who deal with sick patients uh, there's not much um, effect if you just walk down the street with a mask and when you see people that have highly sophisticated masks that they really don't need uh, they probably cost a lot of money because the, the good masks cost from like 15 pounds probably more 12 pounds um, or more each uh, and the it should be the the NHS so the health system that should have those those masks in this time in this kind of moment then that you're like, well, I mean, what you're doing is really not useful. And when you see that they are also not wearing them correctly, then it really defies any possible point, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you don't see many of them. I have to be honest. You don't see many of them. Well, the NHS is lamenting masks for sure. Uh, they've been without proper masks for a while. I was just reading today an article on The Guardian that uh, they're just using surgical masks, which is definitely not what they should be doing. They, they should use the, the proper masks that, uh, you know, the, the ones that filter the viruses and also that are isolating your mouth and, and nose from the rest of the world. And the, the surgical mask, masks, they just protect you from people um, coughing and, and sneezing. So, so yeah, there is a shortage of masks. And, and no, I think that a lot of people did buy masks online. You just don't see many on the street, uh, but, I mean, yeah, the supply of masks is limited, so that's why. But if you go online, everything is sold out. Hmm? Sorry, what about the gloves? Do you wear gloves? <laughs> well, no, I personally don't wear gloves. I've seen some people wearing gloves. Um, I failed to really understand the rationale behind it. I think it's much more useful and practical to just learn to wash your hands constantly because if you put on gloves, then what do you do with the gloves? Are you going to wash the gloves? What's the difference between washing the gloves and washing your hands? And 
do you change them every how much how how many gloves are you going to just throw away we also have to think about the environment and what's the benefit of the gloves i think there's none but i'm not a doctor so i don't know right right what about people uh, that have to go for work do you still have to go for work or does your lockdown or mean that you don't need to go to work yeah that's complicated um it's it's one of the major problems here a lot of people lost their jobs because of the gig economy you don't have a proper contract so the moment that uh you have this happening you suddenly don't have a job so a lot of people lost their job <laughs> we, we, clarify what kind of like what kind of jobs you mean that people do not have contracts so in in the gig economy think about well i don't know think about artists think about people who run uh yoga events think about people who um use their scooter to bring food from a place to another place delivery or something similar all these people they well i don't know the details but my understanding is that most of these people are what the uh, the government has in the uk you can either be an employee or you can be a self employed person and most of these people are self employed self employed means that you do not have a, an employer that pays the taxes for you you pay your own taxes because you are technically your employee your employer and um that also means that whatever kind of contract you have the you don't have the same rights as other um employees you you basically might stop working tomorrow instead of they don't need to give you a notice of one month or things like that so but even even in any case like employers can uh can give you notice usually with one month here and if they're small enough they can do it without any any problem so a lot of people lost their jobs and the government is actually doing something about it which is very good they are just uh, working on a on a on a way of giving 80% of what people have been earning even if um they were they did not have a contract even if they were self employed so it's a bit complicated to estimate what 80% is because of that if you don't have a contract which states a number it's a bit complicated but apparently what they're going to do is calculate how many taxes you have given in the last uh i don't know year i guess two years and calculate 80% of what you, what that means you have earned so so they are doing something which is really good but it's far from from good they also um made a made a thing where um the the landlords so if you're renting a place they cannot evict you if you don't pay but that's one thing on paper and then another thing is the the problems that that are still going on because you know like people not having a job means that they cannot pay but having a landlord i mean it really depends on how good your landlord is at that point because they can still make you problems um <coughs> sorry yeah so it's problematic from a from a job point of view and you know i i have two professions i i work in uh, outdoors in events and i work with computers as a software developer and the two industries are reacting very differently the the first industry is basically paused like everything got cancelled there is nothing happening and these businesses are going to have problems because usually these bus the businesses who organize these things are usually uh quite small and they live on the yeah 
they they just live on a tight cash flow. They don't have a lot of money to to survive these things. The government is giving uh, is helping these businesses to get a loan, but again, this is a loan. It's not money uh, given. It's not a grant. Or, so they will have to give it back and. There's going to be huge effects on the economy, and I think this is true not only for the UK but for everywhere. Well, you mentioned this, uh, the the help uh, from the government, uh, hmm. the eight percent, right, from salary. So, is it a one-time payment, or for a couple of months? So, yeah, we have the loan for businesses, and then the one that you just mentioned, which is helping self-employed getting 80% of what they usually have. Um, the details of that, I do not know, also because the thing is not final. They're still discussing it. Uh, the last news I was hearing was yesterday, and it was basically that they were saying this is going to happen. So it's very much in development. All right. What about the taxes? Because you know what's going on around, like in Italy, let's say all the people and businesses, they are, they do not need to pay taxes until the mm. 30s of May. Mm. Yeah, so, there's been some discussion. Well, I, I didn't look too much into it, but you, you are basically not, obliged to pay for council tax which is basically the the tax for your house and uh, you know the services related to your house um, basically yeah you are you're not obliged to pay all the taxes um, I don't know if there are some taxes that you still have to pay I also saw that even businesses they are allowed to postpone the payment and the doing the accounts because that's also some work for for some time i also saw that if you have mot which is the checking that your car is in good state and uh, and paying the relative tax you you're also allowed to wait for that if, uh, if 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 you should be doing it now you're allowed to wait so yeah they're yeah they're giving help on on that front as well a bit yeah what about the the attitude of people towards each other you know you're you know what is going on around the world you know what is going on in italy so were people more uh, relaxed or were people more concerned or uh, was something was any difference actually people uh, behaving towards each other still shaking hands still giving a hug or you actually guys are in England never do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, I think it, it goes down to the different kind of culture and how the government reacted differently. So when was it? Uh, two weeks and a half ago, I decided to go in, two weeks, two weeks and a half, I decided to go in, uh, in self-isolation. And the reason I decided that was because people were not taking this seriously. And I was hearing news from Italy because my parents are there and my friends are there. And I was just having a sense of how bad it was. But even for me, having these direct stories, it was really hard to imagine how life must have been there because it's kind of a post-apocalyptic movie, you know, knowing that no one is on the street. It's one thing to imagine it in a movie, but it's another thing imagining your hometown doing that. 
for days, for days, for weeks. So it took me a couple of days to accept that. And then I was realizing that what I am doing here is not enough. And if I want to, if I have a grasp of that and I do not do anything, then I am responsible for making it worse, for, for having some people die. Some people might die because of my actions today. So, so that's why I decided to go in self-isolation. And, but all, not only that, also because I was seeing people, like I remember I went, I, I, I went to a pub uh, and I stayed outside so to, to avoid other people. But inside, it's not just that people were gathering, but they were just not practicing any kind of uh, distancing. They were still, you know, when, when British people are in a pub, they do, they do get a little bit more close and they do talk a lot. And uh, so, you know, um, they were not even practicing basic common sense, in my opinion. If you know that this thing is going around, you can decide not to do much about it. But, but if you do meet other people, then at least, I don't know, just take a step back to have a little bit of distance. Let's just not talk to each other's face, um, these kind of things. And instead, pubs were packed. And um, um, yeah, it was quite sad and was quite disturbing for me, honestly. I, th that, that moment I, I decided, well, yeah, just going out and distancing is not going to be enough because if others are, if everyone is going to do it, then maybe, but this way, not really. So, but things have changed slowly. They have changed. People stopped doing this and now we are in this half lockdown, which is good. I'm saying half lockdown because some professions are still allowed. So we have, I think that in Italy, they say that uh, you can do only the, the things that are strictly necessary. But what is strictly necessary is determined by the government. And here the government decided that what is necessary is quite broad. Like, for example, uh, if you do carry um, food from one place to another, I think that's considered necessary. So deliveries and things like that, that's necessary. If you are building a house, uh, builders are, are allowed because they are considered necessary. So it's a great area where each government has to decide. And the government actually said that things might go a little bit stricter in the next few days. And we'll see how it goes. Well, they were talking about it, right? I just read recently that they're, they're planning to enforce the lockdown in England. They want to make people pay, you know, people for going out as it happens in the in hey. Italy. You mean, right. you mean like fine, like fine. as a penalty? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. Like in Italy, let's say you have to pay 206 euros. Are you aware of any certain fine that you have to pay in England? Yeah, yeah. They, they've been talking about it. So when we announced the lockdown, um, the government said that they are going to have police enforce it and they will be able to fine and disperse crowds. These are the two things that they will be able to do. Um, I'm not sure, as I was saying, I'm not sure that it's still done because I think that, you know, that the law has still to pass. I don't know how it works, but they have to, to make it happen. They announced they will, though. So if it's not already happening, it will very soon. Now, I guess that the question is going to be the difference between what they can do and what they're actually going to do, especially in a place as big as London. I can still see people walking down the street. And I guess that some people are just using their one exercise per day, but I am pretty sure that some people are not. So 
Um, we're going to see. We're going to see how it evolves. I think it's going to be gradual as it has been in other countries. And I think it's normal, you know, like we cannot expect everyone. Everyone is different. Uh, not everyone uh, listens to the news. Not everyone has the same time. We, are, we have different um, possibilities. But I think it's normal to expect that things are going to go gradually. What makes a difference is how fast the government acts and how, uh, gra how fast this gradual um, change is, is, is going to happen. And uh, I definitely wanted this to be happening faster here. But tell me, how can, you, how can you even check the people that they're in the streets, that they're just, you know, the first hour a day they, they, they are being on the streets and not the three hours and four hours. How is it possible to check that? Well, <laughs> I mean, we are talking if, just about the, the government expects from people to get more conscious, right? About the thing, to get more aware. Yeah, yeah and I think it's partially correct. It's what, it, I mean, we are human. So I think if you, if you are without consciousness, then it's not going to work. Luckily, we do have a consciousness. And uh, like in Italy, for example, it's, quite, it's been quite interesting to see how they enforced it. So what they've done, I don't know how successful it was, but... The way, definitely more than here, the way they've done it was uh, you have to write, you, you have to write on a piece of paper why you're getting out. You have to sign it. And so it becomes like a kind of a, an official document because you sign it. So you are saying by law that this is true. And, but you sign it. So you can make it up. The problem is um, that, so the, the cool thing is that when you go out and the police stops you, you have to give this document. If you do not have the document that you wrote, then you are in trouble. If you right. do have the document, they have the liberty to check that what you have written is correct. Right. So it's suddenly, I mean, it's up to you in the end. You can be very clever and make everything up, but it forces you to be more conscious about what you're doing. And I think that that is a very good way of, of, of teaching people to be more conscious. Yeah, of, this is a problem. And uh, you have, if you go out, think about what you're doing and think about the repercussions. You, you can think about repercussions in terms of fine, but you can also think about repercussions in terms of what you're doing to others, potentially your loved ones. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's right. The, the thing in the UK is that we do not have this. The police can decide who to stop and and check and and this step is still missing i think that's the thing um if the government was more clear gave more guidance made their point stronger then we would be in a different place i think this is the difference do you people do you think people would obey the rules if they know they are not going to to pay for the breaking of rules well now you're asking me a very hard question. I think that some people would and some people wouldn't, but I think that the real question is how the, the rules are communicated. It, the, there is a point in finding people, but you know, it's very different if I tell you, hey, you know, you shouldn't go out. Or if I tell you, if you do get out, you might kill your loved ones you might be responsible for that, maybe indirectly, but you have that responsibility. And it's even more different if I spend an hour trying to, to, make, to make a motivational speak, an, an emotional speak, 
and really bringing people together, really making people understand that we are in this together, we are a community and whatever we do has an impact on others and the impact on others has an impact on us. Okay, is the spirit of community growing in England? That would happen in Italy. Again, we come back to Italy. So, yeah, yeah, they they feel a little bit more united, you know, all this, uh, all this dancing on balconies and singing and all their, all this Italians from the north and Italians from the south, they a little bit, you know, moved away. Given yeah, away ah, well, Italians, what in England? Yeah, well, it's well known that when you have a common problem, then you, you come together to solve it. So it's, uh, it's, it's nothing that we would not expect to happen. I think what's different here is from Italy is that because the government hasn't done much and has been so flecky in the, in the line they were taking, some people probably didn't do much. They were just being feeling abandoned but i definitely have seen some people instead uh trying to make their own rules and trying to come together as a community or create a community and uh, and tackle the problems together um it's been very interesting for example in the place where i live i live in a building of 180 people and um the way the way we are structured is that we have rooms and we have corridors and we have floors and we have some shared facilities and some not shared facilities. And of course, this kind of building must have different, uh, a different approach to uh, apartments where you are in a family and you're just very well self-contained. We're not self-contained at all. We even uh, share some, some floors, some people share facilities in different floors. So it's, it's, it's quite complicated, but it's been definitely uh, a good, a good way to get to know more the others, uh, get to know the differences in, appro- in how we approach these things and, and trying to make common rules for the sake of the community. And then it's been interesting to see how people react to these rules because some people did not know they were not okay with them. So how, how do you deal with that? It's basically an exercise in politics and it's basically what the government is, what a society is and the government sh- should help this. When it's not helping, well, people will start creating their own little government, I guess. Um, but that has problems because, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's sure. not an easy task. Okay, so we're to, you mentioned that the, the neighbor, the person in front, living in front of you got sick. So uh, <laughs> got sick or got um, positive or got symptoms? Yeah, so we had uh, one case in our house about three, four days ago. And this person was showing symptoms that are um, rarely linked to others, to other diseases. So it's quite likely, it's, and by quite likely, I mean almost certain that uh, this person was showing symptoms of, of Corona, of, of COVID. Yeah, 19, yeah. Oh. Where is the person right now at the hospital? No, 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 no. So, you know, most cases they're mild. So they're doing fine. Uh, They're doing fine. Uh, I think the same day that they showed symptoms, they decided to leave this building and go 
stay with other people who would care for them or um, I, I don't know but they found a different place which is f uh, close to close to here so um, that was a decision that had been made and uh, so at the moment we don't have any case here in the building I mean as far as we know but what is the system how does it work if I do show some symptoms what am I expected to so do? in the UK in the UK, with respect to if you are showing symptoms, you have to self-isolate for, I don't remember if it is seven days, I think it's seven days from the moment you started showing symptoms. Yes, correct. Seven days from the, day, from the moment you started showing symptoms. And then the people who are in your household, so the people who have been in contact with you, who are normally in contact with you, they have to also kind of self-isolate for 14 days. And if there is oh, another... The, the, the person who got uh, sick uh, supposed to keep tracking and to warn all the persons that, uh, around or like... Well, imagine like you're a family, you're a family, okay? And, and one in the family uh, starts showing symptoms, the others, are very likely to have something, right? So because they're not showing symptoms, I think that the rationale is that you might be still incubating. So instead of waiting seven days, you wait for 14 days. While instead of person who's showing symptoms, is already more advanced, so they isolate for seven days. And because of what I was saying before, I think that they should really isolate for 14 days, but the, uh, the, because that's how long the disease is. But the, the government stance is that it's enough to isolate for seven days here. Yeah. Or do I go to the hospital at some point no. if I do have if, symptoms? No, 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 no. So the, the policy here, if you do have symptoms, you do not go to the hospital. You do not call your GP. It's actually down to the GP, but so far most GPs have been saying, if you do have symptoms, just, just stay at home and, and treat yourself um, with paracetamol, well, basically. What no, but what about the symptoms getting more serious? What of do course, I if, the, if the symptoms do get more serious, then at some point you will go to the hospital. But they are trying, you know, I, I think it makes sense if you don't have enough resources. Like normally hospitals are, uh, are very busy here to the point that it's hard to, I'm, I'm talking about London specifically, not the rest of the UK, I don't know. But in London, hospitals are very, uh, are very busy. If you go to A&E, uh, the emergency uh, services, then you might wait more than one hour to be seen. And uh, even if they have um, their own goal, I think, is to be to, to see people in less than one hour. Um, but are you talking specifically about the situation with the? No, no, no. I'm talking about normally. So now with this situation, things are much worse. And GPs saying like it's normal in London to wait one two weeks to see your GP for anything. So, I mean, uh, with, with the virus happening, many more people want to see their GP and what's going to be the, the waiting time for that? And it's going to be ages. So there's no point in, uh, it's not a system that would work. So it kind of makes sense because everyone is going to, I mean, probably most people are going to get it, then it makes sense to, to have this kind of policy. Only if you have worse um, symptoms, you go to the hospital. And that means that you have to rely more on community, which is again, interesting as we were saying before 
especially if you live alone you know there are many mm. people live alone in in italy and the government are do take care about them by sending volunteers so yeah. they at least do aware who live but if you're not supposed to call emergency if you're not supposed to go to the hospital so you can just simply die and, and no one gonna know about that well i mean one would hope that people who are alone and have needs they would contact someone either a person or someone in the, in the public services uh, the nhs so the health services here in the uk they started um recruiting volunteers i think a couple of days ago and they were receiving three applications per second something like that so in i think in the first day they recruited 170,000 volunteers and their goal is if i remember correctly 250,000 i'm i'm quoting these numbers by memory so i'm not completely sure but i think they're right and um so there's a lot of people who want to to help and definitely they're going to dispatch. I think that the goals of these volunteers are mainly bringing food and, um, and medicines to uh, people in need they cannot, who cannot go to the pharmacy, uh, but also just calling people uh, and making sure they're okay or just giving some comfort maybe, just not to make them feel too alone. Um, so there is something going on. The sad thing is that it's, it's driven by volunteers, um, that, you know, we've been having a lot of cuts uh, to the NHS, as in other countries. But, but yeah, NHS has, having, has been having a lot of cuts in the last years from the government. And that means that, um, yeah, there's not a lot of capacity for all these things, especially in a moment like this where everything goes, I mean, it, it's insane how much, how much there should be in terms of capacity. It's probably not sustainable. So... It's not sustainable yeah. any, anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What about there? So you mentioned hospitals in uh, London. What about the doctors? Are there enough doctors, nurses, masks, equipment? Well, as I was saying, equipment, definitely not. As I, I was um, recalling the Guardian article uh, earlier on. And yeah, equipment is definitely not enough. Doctors, I mean, I honestly do not know. I cannot see how there can be enough because if almost everyone is going to get sick and I mean, it's such a different problem than what they usually deal with, that it's, it's impossible they're going to be able to cope with it. It's just, just obvious. There's no need to, to really learn a lot about it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know the details though because... Uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't work in a hospital, and yeah. But yeah, I do have a friend who works in a hospital, and yeah, she's also saying what I've, I've been reading in the, in the newspapers that they don't have enough equipment. They feel quite. They feel like it's likely they're gonna get it. It's basically certain they're gonna get it because without equipment and seeing so many people, it's just a question of time. And their wish is that their hope is that they're gonna they're not gonna have strong symptoms, so that they're gonna just stay home for a couple of weeks having mild symptoms, and then they're gonna be fine and go back to work and help other people. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I understand. But what about the supermarkets? You know, you you still can can 
via wherever you want? Yeah, so both big and small supermarkets are uh, are allowed to stay open and kind of makes sense because you need food. Um, you are allowed and it's been, even before the lockdown, we were, it was very hard to find some food. But overall, you could find, I don't know, like if you wanted to just get rice, just as a basic way of staying alive, then you could get rice. But uh, pasta, for example, there was no pasta left. And yeah, entire ales were completely empty. In, in, in Actually, in a supermarket very close to mine is very big and still um, they didn't have much. Uh, but you could find something. You could find something. You, I don't know what's the situation now because I haven't been going to the markets for a while now. But, uh, but yeah, the, the interesting bit is that we have a lot of deliveries from supermarkets here. Um, that's a way to buy things that is relatively common. And um, they, it, it was impossible to get any delivery for, uh, in the next month for quite for a week or so and now what they're doing at least Sainsbury's uh, which is one of the main supermarkets here in the UK it's um, they're only allowing deliveries for people who are uh, in in most need so if you are at high risk we have a category of people who we call at high risk so it's the people who if they do get the virus it's more likely they're gonna suffer more consequences uh, think about people with like maybe older or with other existing conditions um, but, but yeah, they started allowing deliveries only to those people, which is actually a very nice thing to do in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know how strong they're enforcing it. I don't know how flexible they are, but it's good that again, the, in my opinion, even if they're not enforcing it too much, the fact that you cannot just go to the website and book a delivery, but you have to call and explain why you need to do that. It forces you to be more conscious about what's going on. Definitely, yeah, this is the way. Mm. Well, okay, see, thank you very much for your information. You're I welcome. hope you use your, you maintain to stay safe. Okay, thank you very much and take care. Thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure.